Oh yeah, I don't like I don't like teeth. Like mm-mm. You don't like teeth. teeth? No, if your teeth are fucked up, mm-mm. No. And your toes. I don't have pretty pinky toes, but I mean uh, uh, well, uh, sorry. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue where Porn Stash has entered the building. You watch too much porn. And this is Sarah. (laughs) Coming to you live from Studio 54, this is Josh. Hey, I'm Melanie. And if you're listening to this now, I got here late and Mary edited this in. (laughs) Selling me out. Okay, quick thank you to our Patreon members, Brendan Phillick. Captain America, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Carter, Jennifer and Delicado, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mulholland, Anita Renning, Kristen Carlano. Thank you very much. So Patreon is like changing and um, I don't think it's in a bad way. They just seem to be like adding things that we can do on our end. Like we can offer more things so we can sell things that are like digital and we can also sell like individual episodes or whatever. So um, I have, I'm just going to be totally honest and I have no idea what we're going to do with that yet. But um, if anybody has any ideas, please join us. And I think you can actually just follow us uh, for free. Like you don't have to even subscribe to just be on our feed. And then we, we could put stuff in there that is, I could put stuff in there that's like available for everybody. So um I might do that. So um, if we start getting people just following us, even better if we get some um, people supporting us. But, you know, I, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to tell you what to do with your money. So, <laughs> but, I, but I will tell you what to do with your money. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. But um, <laughs> and I think I'll be we'll soon be picking up with the last part of the Dallas novel. Uh, chapter 19. Oh, sh- yeah, we really have to get back to that. We, we will really, be getting we, back we to that. really I, I don't know if anyone is actually following along, but we we went on summer hiatus and, and I think spring hiatus of, things kind of <laughs> timed out. Uh, a lot of energy was diverted also with the actors strike uh, because and also it's I, a terrible book. So there's that too. True. That that is true. I think that we should watch a movie that like someone a cast member's in. That's gonna be like a TV movie, like when uh, Patrick Duffy did that Daddy TV movie in the late eighties. And speaking like, of movies, Daddy, we might cool. we might have to do one for this Lifetime movie coming up that was just formally announced. That we, we knew it was being filmed, and yeah. Linda actually had to leave the forty fifth anniversary event in Palm Springs early. Because she had to be on set very early the next morning. So anyone that was there, that was what her out was for why she le- disappeared yeah. without uh, – She had to work. Anything. But this is a hell of a cast. Linda Gray from Dallas. Morgan Fairchild, Dallas slash Falcon Crest. Christopher Atkins from Dallas. Peter. Peter. Uh, <laughs> J- JR's lover from Knott's Landing. Donna Mills, who also starred with him in The Good Life, also starring uh, David Wayne. Nicolette Sheridan is going to be in this movie from Knott's Landing. I like her. And Lonnie Anderson from WKRP in Cincinnati. I like her too. Donna Mills' daughter is also going to be in it. Oh, cool. 
And the theme song is being performed by 80s star Tiffany. Yes, I'm so excited. So I I think we might have to do a viewing for that when we get into You know what? We should. Today is what? October 5th? And right now, Cruise Ship is making its way down from Vancouver to Los Angeles with Charlene Tilton, Linda Gray, Cherie Wilson, and Christopher Atkins. So basically, Sue Ellen and... Lucy are fighting over Peter Richards on the love boat while April's ghost Once is again. everybody. I have a question. And this yeah. may have already been on that link for that movie. Has, mm-hmm. Have they announced a release date on Lifetime yet? No, that is. Okay. 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 I was See, I didn't miss something think, this time. I think they just officially announced it, right? It's they officially announced the movie, but not the air date yet. It is in gotcha. December. Gotcha. So, it is in December. Uh, Barbara Eden will be at Rhode Island Comic Con at the first weekend of November. And, of course, the big event in Salem coming up with Omri Katz and his Hocus Pocus co-stars, but it's not a Hocus Pocus event. Birthdays? October 10th. Karen Copens, who played Kay Lloyd, and J.D. Peck, who played Tommy McKay. Hey! Are both turning 65 on the same day. I'm not not Tommy McKay or Tracy fan. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But this was Kay Lloyd. Um, October 13th, 2002, our friend Von Leland, or the sleaze Von Leland, uh, Dennis Patrick died. Jim McMullen, who played Senator Dowling, who unfortunately has passed, uh, he would be 87. And Keenan Wynn. Digger Barnes? Digger Barnes. He would have been one million years old. The Winter Warlock uh, died October 14th, 1986. And one last birthday coming up, October 16th. Fenton Washburn himself and JR's attorney in the New Dallas, Barry Corbin, will be 83. Okay. Tonight we're talking about season six, episode 14. Episode 117 of the series, The Ewing Blues. Ain't no one leaving here till you sing the blues. There is an intra-company rivalry going on between you and your brother. Now, I love my brother, don't get me wrong. But he does not have the strength to run Ewing Oil. I know it, he knows it, and the whole family knows it. My brother doesn't think I can play hardball. Well, sweetheart, I'm going to have the pleasure of stuffing that ball down his throat. I'm going to side with Miss Ellen. And I'm going to fight you and Bobby every step of the way. She has to know exactly what she is getting into if she wants to go to court. I don't want to do any of this. I have to. It was uh, written and directed by David Paulson, which I think this is the first twofer written and directed by someone other than um, Leonard Katzman in the series history. What do you generally think of those episodes that are outside of the norm? Well, they're usually pretty big. They're usually, well, mostly, you know, if Leonard Katzman is writing an episode, it's going to be like important story-wise. Sure. Um, But I think that's true of this episode too. Do you notice how everybody kind of brings their own flavor into it? Like you're in a routine and then somebody else is like, oh, I'm going to write this week. And then it's just like totally different. Right. Some of them more so you can tell if it goes from one, but some of them kind of flow together a little bit. There's some that when they write or even really direct, there's a big difference in them. You know, they're some like of the 
some you can really tell when you have a different, obviously with a different director because they have a different eye for different things. Sometimes that too. Okay, this aired on uh, January seventh, nineteen eighty three. So we are officially in the year nineteen eighty three, and I'm. And that so was stoked. my older brother's seventeenth birthday. January seventh. January seventh. It was my. Seventh uh, birthday on the nineteenth. Well, that's not that year. Especially, so you're ten years younger than him. Yeah, just about. Uh, the number one song in the U.S. Um, on January seventh was "Man Eater" by Hall and Oates, and it's in the Man UK, Eater. it was oh, "You Can't Hurry comes. Love" by Phil Collins. Mm. Mm. Diana Ross and the Supremes did it better. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> did you hear my song when you edited the last episode? When you got uh-huh. up and then- did you what, listen to the edit? I haven't yet. No, I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, you <laughs> should listen to the whole thing. Is it, is it the opening or the ending? That's for you to find <laughs> out. Okay, <laughs> I'll listen tomorrow. Okay, I'm gonna listen to it on the way to the beach. <laughs> I was at the beach the other day up here. The whole beach was filled with seaweed because of all the rain, hmm. and we actually have our. Next this weekend it's going to rain again for the 17th out of 19 weekends. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it's supposed to be 80 at the beach tomorrow, but like 75 on Sunday. But it's supposed to be like 50 on Saturday night, and I'm like, no, thank you. Like it hasn't even been 50 here. Sunday is going to be 49 when we get up. No, nope. 49. I here. don't like this. Is mi- no, that's miserable. It's fall. Yay! Oh, Yay. guys. Autumn. I love fall. Autumn. Sorry. I'm not a summer girl. I'm a fall girl. It was your pumpkin beer out. I can't drink beer right now unless I find a gluten-free beer, except for I did last weekend, but I'm not supposed to. What about the pumpkin Hmm. spice rum chata that is out? I don't know about that. Is it good? It's good. It's good in the coffee, too. I had to throw away the hard cider peppermint bark one because it was out of code by a lot, and I just didn't trust it. So I'm going to pick up a new one. Meanwhile. And the number one film in the U.S. was Tootsie, starring Dennis Hoffman and Jessica Lange. Top news stories from this day in uh, 83 was that U.S. President Ronald Reagan ended his U.S. arms embargo against Guatemala. Well, well, I... uh... Died today was August Kuhl, who was a Belgian trade union leader who died at the age of 79. And on Dallas. Do you know who else died today? Ditkus, football coach. Ditka? Ditka. I said Ditkus, didn't I? Wait. Mike Ditka? Mike Ditka? No, wait, is that who it is? Hold on. No. I just saw it. Meanwhile. I actually know who that porno is. porno music? On Dallas. Pornstash. John Beck makes his first appearance as Mark Grayson. <laughs> role that he would hold for several seasons. Beck played a Bobby Ewing-type character on Flamingo Road, one of several Dallas imitators that appeared in the early 80s. That also co-starred several Dallas cast members, including Peter Donat, Howard Duff, and Morgan Fairchild. Beck also appeared in the movies Audrey Rose and Rollerball. His initial contract took him through season five, and he was very happy to join the cast of Dallas and loved working with Barbara Belgettis, whose first scene he was in was with her. That was great, Josh. Well, I don't know what that was, but do it again. Holy shit! It it was, it was, it was good. Actually, I thought it was kind of good. Good, good. The episode came in. You had a radio voice there. 
You kind of did. Face for the radio and a, and a voice for the radio. The episode climbed from number 24 the week before back up to number four. And Computer. Com- Computer. Confuser. 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 Confucius. Confucius say, eat fortune cookie. Uh, Composer Bruce Bruce Broughton won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Music Composition for this episode. Also nominated was Gerald ML for an episode of Knots Landing, and he is the composer of the Dallas theme, Gerald. And this is the first of three episodes, both written and directed by longtime Dallas writer David Paulson. Three in a row? No, thir- oh. first, first of three. Oh, three. Okay, I was going to say overall. Michael Priest told us they couldn't ed- they couldn't direct two in a row, so I was like, right, the role. Hmm. And also, uh, this episode stars Lane Davies as uh, Craig, who I believe is uh, Bobby's Mary. lawyer. Yep. And uh, he was the original Mason Capwell on Santa Barbara, but he's mostly a stage actor, uh, predominantly Shakespeare. Um, and when he was on Santa Barbara for years and he asked for summers off to do theater every year. And since he's founded several theater companies, including two Shakespearean theater companies. So. Oh, that lane. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. Apparently so. So we open on South Fork night night. Are all the lights on again? We would have to drink. Uh, I don't Oh, I don't. I didn't look. I don't think we get that. We just open no, on. We the, just get Jock's the, portrait. His portrait directly to Jock's portrait. Yes. Where Maselli is uh, talking to Jock. Ah, uh, yes. The soliloquy to the portrait. Mm-hmm, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so drink soliloquy. Oh, yeah. Oh. And she's having second thoughts about overturning the well. Basically, it's hard to fight him when he's not there. Not as fun to fight him if he's not there. Um, So then Pam comes in and she asks Ellie about how going to see the lawyer went. And that's when um, she tells her that she has to talk to Claire uh, mentally competent. We should note that Ellie was in the dark and Pam wanted to turn on the light. That's true. Yeah. So not all the lights were in the house that night. No, no, no. So, yeah. So Ellie's not sure... What to do? She's like, I'm kind of second guessing it. I don't think it's going to be worth it to basically drag his name through the mud like that. And Pam disagrees. She's like, nope, we need to put a stop to this whole thing. It it basically, it doesn't matter. She's at the point where it's basically the only way to save this family from imploding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pam really thinks it's the end of the world. She's being a little ballsy, I think. Just a little bit. Yeah. Remember, she's an emotional nutcase because she was on the top of a building at one point, and she's she's grounded now. Though I mean, maybe I mean that's actually pretty legit. I wonder if she's like she's like my grip on sanity and reality is this like all being a good family, and if it's not, it could all crumble. Who knows? Well, that's the thing, though. It's going to be really hard to prove that Jock, a man of very much sound mind, who totally did this on purpose, was incompetent. And if the family goes tits up, then she's going to be lost. Yeah, she's going to be. Tits up. Yeah. (laughs) The family goes dick up. I don't know. (laughs) I really feel like JR and Bobby are, like, totally punked. I feel like Jock is doing all this to teach them a lesson, you know? Right. And I actually well, think the, the guy running the estate there is punk. So, of right. course, 
he's in on it because he's punking and, them. And if my theory turns out to be true, and I can't remember at this point if it does or not, but why? Okay, why? Those are that was just the boys. Why can't Miss Ellie see what comes after a year? Why can't she see what's in the will? Who's keeping that from her? Who's keeping that I mean, last little uh, codicil or letter or whatever the hell it was that at the end of a year? Punk is, but Punk hasn't opened it. Punk has been instructed by Harv not to open it. Not to it's open not, it. It's not Damn to be opened. Harv. Oh, so no. I don't know if Harv. I would totally open it. And I wonder if Harv knows or if, or if Jock just gave it to him and he said could, this remains closed could, until after. Couldn't, couldn't Punk like. Steam it open over the stove with some water. That's what I'm saying. Like Brady Bunch Tom, where they steam it over the stove and then they <laughs> yes. put it back. I would totally do that. That's what I mean. Christmas know, presents with little tape. Posthumously, I feel like it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> I mean, I am a big promoter like, of that. Bro, I <laughs> know what I said, but there's a whole lot of shit on your line right here, like uh, your legacy. So then uh, JR and Sue Ellen waltz in and they turn on the TV. Um, and they're excited because JR has been interviewed. Right. But and his business partners interviewed with him. They they really seem too excited about this. Like, he's like, I'm a, a famous person now. Like, it's weird. She's um, like, more than I'm one, Mrs. They, famous seems, person. <laughs> well, it's weird. And then when they right. start when they start talking to him on the TV, she, I remember Sue Ellen's like, they asked if JR was like, a, what, a radical or something like oh, yeah, that? That's later. It's later. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's his second time, which is so, he's so conservative. Yeah. That, but it's of note that Ellie and Pam leave the room. They don't want to. Yeah. Any they just, pe- they peace out. They're just like, bye. I'm not going to. Nope. Screw you guys. I don't have to sit here and watch this. Yeah. I don't have to do that oh. in my house. Ellie's like, I don't, I don't like to see my two sons attack each other in public. Turn around, bye. Uh, okay. And then JR laughs and he's like, I haven't even brought out the guns yet, but okay. And then he gets excited to watch himself on TV and they call him the king of cut rate gas. Which like I feel is not a great title. No. <laughs> cut rate is like in your kingly title. Mm. But see, he's, he's, he, what he's doing, cutting gas like this as a Republican, like, again, he knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He's getting people to support him. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you have no idea what the fuck is really going on, do you? (laughs) It's all about like, who cares? And he's like, oh, it's, it's all about, you know, the the common man, the working people. Well, and it's like, oh, the fuck it's not. Come on. Bullshit. He is Whoa, writing his own. He's writing his own spin here. He's just spinning and spinning and spinning, and and the people are eating it up. Oh, oh my god! Yes, J.R. Ewing, this episode, yeah. J.R. Ewing would have been a great politician. Well, he reminds me of someone else in this episode. We'll get to it later. <laughs> um, so we then we go to Ewing it. Oil, where Craig, aka Lane Davies. Is there to tell Bobby that the Wellington Fields, basically the uh, cartel wants to keep them closed. And there really isn't anything you can do, but Bobby wants him to pour through the contract to look for any possible loophole that could force them to open it or what have you. There's a lot of words in this. Like, that's going to take like a week. Uh, How about tomorrow? 
a lot of words in this. <laughs> you literally said there's a lot of words. This book is too long. <laughs> is there an audible version of this that I can too many to? pages and no pictures? God. Could I could I read the uh, uh, Cliff notes? Oh yes, please. The Cliff Barnes notes. Oh, I, I thought you actually were asking to read something. Sorry. Can I get no. the joke? <laughs> Wait, well, I didn't get it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I'm sorry. I feel stupid. Wait, what, what, what was your joke? It's Cliff Notes, like the shortened version. Oh, yeah, Cliff Notes. Cliff, 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 Cliff Notes. Cliff Barnes Notes. Cliff or Synods. Cliff the Barnacle Barnes. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donna is ranting and raving to Ray about the variants and wasting her time on the committee and wanting to quit. And, and Ray's like, you're not quitting. You're not quitting. You're going to fight. Okay. You're a fighter. All right. You're going to sit down All of a sudden he's here. supportive out of nowhere. Like that's that, the Ray I like. This is the Ray. That's what I say. This is my two cents about this episode is that I have really never heard him do that to her. She usually is his uppity up person like you know like yes. she rallies him he was like pissed he was like fuck no you're not gonna stop you're gonna fight this and i was like what he's like now get in bed i was like holy shit yeah. i mean That's it, right. was, it was a different you, ray yeah I'm not, I'm not a dumb cowboy tonight i'm gonna tell you what is yeah. what for and i like you in that blue nightshirt nothing on underneath there except panties oh my Oh, well, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm hoping he got some because he was supportive because I mean, a little, right. maybe like positive reward. He'll keep doing it. Yeah. We and, give him a high five, high five to him for this. And yes. I, I noticed though, Donna doesn't have the Pam swell and glamor beauty. She has more of a natural beauty to her. She does. It's, yeah. it's not, no. she doesn't need to go slapping she the doesn't. makeup like on it. and doing her hair all this way. And, mm -hmm. She has that down-home natural beauty that more people need to have. Good for you, Josh. That was a man's opinion, too. I'm proud. Was, I'm proud yeah, of you. Yeah. yeah. High five. And she, and she yeah. looked damn good in that uh, nightshirt. She did. She did. <laughs> and then there comes the mail right after. <laughs> <laughs> it was see-through. <laughs> I'll get some of that tonight. <laughs> i get a little something. <laughs> And then the next day at Ewing Oil, JR is showing John Ross how to like mess with his computer. These okay, are the cute. scenes. These are the scenes that, so annoying. that Tyler Banks remembers the computer. Oh, okay. They're playing with the oil well and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, because he was a little older, wasn't he? He was a little older. Yeah. yeah you can and tell it, he's like noticeably older in this episode. That's right. Uh, and uh, work his way through his final season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, JR says that they could program, maybe they could program some video games on that computer for him so that when Uncle Bobby doesn't have a job next year, uh, they can play together. <laughs> Just are, like, God are, damn it, JR. Are we talking like Pong, maybe, or Super Breakout? 83. There would have been some pretty good games out in 83. I mean, a Pac Man. Leisure uh, Suit Larry. Ms. Pac-Man was out in 82. Frogger. Frogger. Uh-huh. Yeah. What's that pinball game, too? That boing, 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 boing game? Was that out? Alleyway? Super no, Breakout? It's, like, it's like a ping pong kind of thing. Pong. 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 Pong was the first oh, yeah, video game. Yeah, that was the game. first one. Yeah. Oh. Yep. 
That's from the seventies. And my my mother was always obsessed with the game Jungle Hunt. And when she was sitting, I love in, Jungle Hunt. Yes. She, when she when she was sitting in the chair, she would be like moving this way and that. And yeah. She thought that by her moving in the chair would make the little thing move faster or something. Yeah, and yeah. The gyrations and the move. Commodore sixty four, and we had Jungle Hunt. We had Spy Hunter. We had uh, Elevator we had, Action. And we had the Atari 2600 and Intellivision. Nice. And I remember the little football player running down the field on Intellivision. It was just this little square thing. It would go blip, 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 blip down the field. And it's really – the graphics were like the Ewing Oil graphics. We had that. Basically. I had that. Also, I had the Dallas game, but it was a bootleg. All of our games were bootlegged. And um, so I had the Dallas game, but I didn't have any instructions with it and it's one of those where you have to like type stuff in and it only recognizes some words and i could never really get out of the living room at south park and if you had a clean copy to this day of the et atari 2600 game that is worth a mint right now well yeah because it was so awful they buried them all right like the beatles butcher cover albums which were uh buried in the dump in my town 75,000 copies of that album cover are buried in my town somewhere. Crazy. Get a shovel. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So then uh, Roy, Roy Ralston. Roy Ralston. is Roy Ralston. You know, Ralston have you Purina. That's a bad name if you can't say your R's. Do you guys have any local TV personalities like um, or reporters, meteorologists, anything like that with a name like that on your local channels? I think so. I can't think. I of would have to. Yeah. I would have to think about it. It sounds like a very TV name, like a local. Yeah, yeah. Royal Ralston, uh, and he was played Roy by Ralston. John Riley, who was from General Hospital, by the way. Yes, I was trying. Like, what soap opera was he on? I know he was on one. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but, has a uh, on this show. Roy he Ralston. has a talk show called Talk Time, and he'd like to invite Jr. to come on it. Every time I hear <laughs> Ralston, I think of Ralston Purina dog food. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is a great quote, and this I, I uploaded to our TikTok just a little while ago, which, by the way, we have a TikTok now, and I don't know if it's going to be easy to find or not, because when I was setting it up, I messed up, because I usually label all of our things Ewing BBQ, but that's pretty easy. But I thought that I was typing, like, our public name that you can change or whatever, but I was actually making the handle, so I believe the way to find it is Ewing dot barbecue dot ho <laughs> dot was, ho yeah because i was writing ewing barbecue podcast and then it just oh, dot like, ho. <laughs> so it would have been better if it was ewing barbecue ho well you can delete it and try again right i don't i don't know i i can try it now sure. i'm i'm new to the tiktok so Same. Um, Me too. i barely know how to do anything Right. So anyway, so I've been I've been having little clips of our show when I think we're kind of funny <laughs> on there. And then <laughs> when I was watching Dallas, I just posted some clips that were really funny. I posted this clip because John Ross is playing with like the oil Derek and um, JR comes over and he's like, you ever hear of Robin Hood? And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm like Robin Hood. I steal from the poor and give to the rich. (laughs) Twirl that mustache. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so, yep. So uh, since Tyler does listen, shout out because he remembers this episode. That's cool. 
That's cool. That's very cool. Then we cut to the Cattlemen's Club, where the cartel is meeting. Yes, Cliff, Marilee, and Andy are there, and um, Jordan has not arrived. No, but they ordered two bourbon and branches, so we have to drink twice. Of course. Drink twice. It's just another day in paradise. But when Jordan does get there, like... The character he reminded me of the most is he was just like Eeyore when he walked in. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh God. Eeyore. Love it. From Winnie the Pooh. He was just like, yeah, I didn't oh, hear it. <laughs> I'm here. Now we all, we all work with an Eeyore. <laughs> all of us. There's an Eeyore yes, in every yeah. office, in every department. That's true. It's very true. Even if you work, even if you work for yourself, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? What day am I Eeyore? Right. <laughs> we'll go. Um, so yeah, he comes in and he's like, "I have bad news." Um, and Bobby is back to pumping as much oil as he can, and now he wants to open the Wellington Field. So they just decide then and there that they're not going to do that. Right, and Cliff. Uh, Prior had informed them that Merrily and Andy that the other refineries are in support of what they're trying to do and not work with Jr. So good news, bad news. Yes. Then Swellen comes to pick John Ross up from Ewing Oil. Hello, Kendall. <laughs> I like. I, I I think she almost missed her. She like jumped her cue here because she gets off the phone. She turns towards the elevator. Before the door even opened, she's and then the door she's psychic. Opened. She has the oh, sense. Yeah. It's the hair. Oh, it is. The hair. It's, it is so big. You know. And well, you know, Jesus. Haven't you guys ever been kind of near an elevator and you can hear it moving? That's true. You can kind of. You know you when can, someone's going to. You get know out when it. it's going to stop. Yeah. Even yeah. before it goes ding. Yeah. Uh, although that's. Uh, from that would be in a real. Oh, that would be in a real building, though. Yeah, from a production Man. standpoint, that elevator doesn't make sound. Hey, you know what? Maybe Denal's <laughs> just a very good that. actress, okay? What I want to know is, are they real, like, working doors, or are they two people on the side, like, pulling them open? Two people on the side <laughs> pulling them open. Or they're on a track. That's, with, like, a- that's, that's like when I was little, younger, and I, the first time I went into one of the a bathroom that had the automatic flush toilets, I thought somebody was behind the wall watching and, like, pushing a button. Okay, I'm 45 years old. I'm going to still uh, give the shit out of me. So, no, no like, shame. I was, no like, shame. I was like, is somebody watching? How do they know when I'm, Man, when I, when I'm done? I have seen <laughs> one too many episodes of SVU like that. No. I just don't like when it's like not working right and it flushes while you're still on and kind of turns into a little bit of a bidet and you're like, I didn't want that. And then it doesn't go down all the way. Right. And a bidet, and a bidet in a public toilet. And if I go in and the seat is up, I use my shoe to kick the seat down because I don't want to touch it with my hand. The worst is going into a lady's bathroom and you walk in and there's piss all over the seat. Like, I get so pissed I, off. Are what you woman pisses and doesn't me? wipe it up? Right. No, no, I, w- I went into the one at the sports club. And there was crap all over the seat that you sit on. Seth's college roommate did that. He pooed on the seat and left it. <laughs> Who does that? 
My sister had a roommate at college that was came back drunk and in the shower, and the poo ended up in the soap dish, which meant that somebody had to pick it up and put it there. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I'm going to one-up the story, and then we're going to cut it. <laughs> this is putting into a very crappy conversation, isn't it? At my work, someone decorated the walls. Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, my and so God. we called the resignation in. <laughs> so they were officially Picasso forever. <laughs> we, we, that was pretty we, good. And we have the we have the the pee bag bandit at the sports club who goes around peeing in a plastic bag and hanging it in empty lockers. Why? Why? And they have not. They have not How grown adults. adults. You're grown right. adults. Ah, that gets a. <laughs> the, I, I, had, I had heard the story, and then the first time I saw it, there was a group gathered around, and I. <laughs> <laughs> there was a group gathered around looking, and I walked by, and I'm go, I just look, and I go, I don't know whoever's doing it, but they need to drink a lot more water because that thing looks like Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Nope. Uh, okay, back back to. Uh, okay. 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 Camilla. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so Ellen comes to pick up John Ross from Ewing Oil. Mr. Criswell is there to see JR, and he wants to open a franchise of JR Ewing Gas in Arizona and cut JR in for 50-50. Franchise. He, hmm. he needs a refinery, and if there's not a refinery, no deal. Right. JR's like, I love the idea. Like, you know that his ego's like, oh, yeah, like a franchise of my gas station. It's fantastic. And, but- and can, we, can we note that um, uh, John Ross said that he drew a fire engine? He did draw a he fire. Did. It was a beautiful act- fire engine. He actually had dialogue. He did. Yep. I think that they were trying there to see how he was going to do, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next scene. This is a momentous occasion. Miss Ellie and Pam go out to lunch and meet up with a Mr. Mark Grayson, who shall forth be known porn stash <laughs> and he immediately has the eyes for Pam like all the eyes like he's literally like fucking her with his eyes from the moment she walks in eye sex eye sex and like Pam gets a phone call and walks away and he literally does the like watch her leave thing and like dude be a little cooler what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so, talking about. So then, as soon when Pam walks away, Ellie gets down to business, some biznatch, and she says, uh, like she'd like to hire him for her case, uh, which of course he's heard all the tea about in Dallas society. Um, but she needs his permission because Brooks is so like wrapped up in his family's business, which I'm sure just pays a shit ton of money because he's rich as fuck. Right, um, and uh, it, what I noticed at the beginning of the scene was that uh, Ellie had met Mark off camera before. No, they all seem to know Mark. Yes, even Bobby like, later knew Mark. Li- right, like he's an. I think he's just supposed to be like an old member of. Rich people society. That's what I think. And porn stash. And porn. Um. 
So he's like, okay, yeah, no, I see. He's like, he's like, uh, that sounds good. I'm just gonna have to, like, I can't say off the top of my head. I'm gonna have to see. But if you could get me alone with Pam, maybe that would seal the deal, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And we never found out what what Pam's phone call was all about. That was just to get her away from the table. So Afton comes over to Cliff's house, and he is packing up his apartment. And he's like, oh, great, just in time to help me pack. And she's like, fucking kidding me? Like, F you. Like, I, I said, all we do is do stuff for you. Like, the other day I helped you clean and whatever, and now you want me to help you pack? And he's like, well, yeah, why not? And he's <laughs> indifferent towards marriage when she brings it up. Right, because she's just like, because he's like, well, I figure, like, eventually, like, you'll move in, so it's not a big deal. And she's like, eventually? Is that before or after the marriage? And he's like, marriage? What are you talking about? Cliff is such a dumb-dumb. Cliff, you just want a cheap maid and someone to split the rent with. I mean, and Cliff's like, and? And? So then he's just like, oh, you want to get married? Okay, like, fuck it, like. Cool, let's go get married. And then she loses her goddamn mind. <laughs> and I get I totally get it. She is so pissed. She's like, Are you kidding me? Who whoever I marry, I want them to want to marry me. And it not be just like my suggestion. And you're like, mm, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. I got nothing going on next Tuesday. How about we do it right. then? Right. See you next Tuesday. Like, preacher girl. Um, and then she just like leaves and Cliff, he's just such a dumb dumb. He just sits there like what? What is that? I don't know. Oh, what did I do? I'm gonna love her and hug her and call her George. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get down to some uh, brass taxes here at uh, South Fork. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So Donna and Ray are over for dinner, and they're having cocktails, and they're talking about. What are they talking about again? The uh, is it? Uh, they're they're just basically telling Ellie that whatever she decides to do, that they're behind her one hundred percent. They're like, you know, whatever whatever happens, like we're behind you, it, and it's your choice. Mm-hmm. And then Jr. walks in and he accuses them all of having a conspiracy against him. And the, paranoid Don- much? Calling uh-huh. Donna inept. Oh yeah, and Ray. her husband off. Oh, well, I ought to take you out back, and I ought to teach you some manners. Punches him right in the kisser. Oof! Power right in the kisser. Right in the kisser. Power in the that, kisser. That that deserves a drink. Fist oh, wait, and it mouth. does because someone gets hit. So. That's right. <laughs> and we cut to Craig, who's obviously was up all night reading this thing because oh, so he found hard. some good stuff in this. He's so excited. He's like, guess what I found. <laughs> I found the Shakespeare theater that I want to buy. Woohoo! And he's like, get this. Like, they have to let you uncap and drill. And if they vote it out, then you can make them buy you out for five times market share. What? Crazy. Five times market share? JR but, really had it written up nicely for himself, didn't he? Uh huh. But yeah. I was just like, God damn, JR knows how to write a contract. I'm like, of course he does. And JR, you wrote that contract and it's going to bite you in the ass because it's now Bobby's well. So, oh man, 
Karma. Karma. Karma is a bitch. You come and go. You come and go. So JR is in his room nursing his boo boo. <laughs> really, he really like milks it every time he gets punched her. Oh my god, he's such a baby. I love it. And Sue Ellen just kind of comes in and giggles, and he's just like, "What?" <laughs> and she's just, she's so into it. She's like, "I can't wait to see you on TV." And she's like in her negligee. It's like making me moist right now thinking about it. Jay. I mean, she's not being subtle. No. <laughs> she does that thing with her hands. We're like. She touches his shoulders and she's like, "JR." <laughs> I bet I bet Larry and Linda had fun filming. <laughs> oh my god! I know. And then he 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 confides in her. I actually love this scene because I feel like this scene, this is like what they could have been the whole time if JR hadn't been such a fuck up. They could have been a massive power couple. Right, because Jr. like he confides in her and says like he's really nervous to be on TV in front of talking in front of all those people, and he like by himself and he really wants her to be there with him. And she's like, "Are you, you want me?" And he's like, "Yeah, we're we're a, a partners, right?" And then she just looks at him like, "Oh my god!" Like you actually meant what what mm-hmm. you said to me when you said that you weren't going to cheat on me anymore. <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Of course." course you you meant it when we were at that house that the family owns that we're never going to see again they're never going to see again but anyway these are the right words for sue ellen yes yeah and like you said they could have really been this power couple and i think that's what they were teasing a little bit when they brought jr in on episodes of knots landing and had him having an affair with abby Mm. and because she was conniving, and if the two of them th- – that could have been an interesting dynamic as well. But it would have been great if Sue Ellen had been that way and the things they could have done together as a power couple. Right. But Jr. as usual, gets in his own way. Mm-hmm. Right. And they go back to their – Idiot. They go back to their rinse and repeat formula eventually. Right. Because uh, he's stupid. So stupid. He's so an stupid. idiot. He's an idiot. Self-sabotaging. Literally, he just needs therapy. I don't know. Very self-sabotaging. I don't know. <sighs> you can't cure a narcissist. Mm, yeah, that's true. Mm. Mm, this is true. So then, and the other part of the house, Bobby comes home really late. And Pam is th- super annoyed. And this is a yin and yang and a, a compare and contrast of where relationships are at in this. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because I, I notice that a lot of the times when they have the couples having one couple's having a good moment, they will the always bad. bounce to the other couple that's having a bad moment. So no one can be to, happy at the same time. Oh. It's a soap opera. Mm-hmm. That would be boring if everybody was happy. Oh, let's hug it out after half an hour. Let's call it. Yeah. We'll call it the full Ewing house. Yeah. Um. So Bobby comes in and he's so excited and he's just like, you know, I we figured out a way to like basically screw over the cartel. It's going to be awesome. And Pam is not enthused. Pam's like, She's like, mm-hmm. oh, so you can lose more friends. Cool. Cool story, bro. Then there's a phone call. Oh, yeah. Ring, ring. 
Bobby answers and he's like, oh my God, porn stash, it's you. I haven't heard from you in forever. And, uh, and then he's like, oh, you wanna <laughs> talk to my wife? What? what, what? Here, here's the phone. And uh, Pornstash wants to meet Pam for breakfast. At, uh, what is it called? The, uh, the movie morning stop, stop by Morning Stop by Granville? Hmm. Yeah. This is a business breakfast, right? It, and she's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, business. Yeah, business. Uh, I guess. Um, and then Bobby's like, they hang up. Bobby's like, what was that about? And she explains the situation. She so then she has to, she admits that she's on Ellie's side and she's been helping Ellie. And Bobby is pissed. He storms out for a drink. Oh, I think Melanie and Sarah are the same problems. person because Sorry, they are. They're never one, in the same one, room with the same One time. left and the other came back on. <clears throat> I had to pee. I just go in my pants while we're recording so I don't have to get up. Are you peeing in like a Mountain Dew bottle under the desk? Just 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 let he's just letting it go, man. Just free flowing. Free (laughs) balling. That's the one Tom Petty song I hate. Really? Oh, I love that song. It's because when it was out and it was a big hit, it was overplayed and I got so sick of it. It was, but the video was so cool. And there's a girl in the music video who's the girl that convinced me I needed to learn how to do the uh, cat eye makeup. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. She looks like Shalane McCall. In fact, when that video first came out, I thought it was Shalane McCall at first, but uh, it's not. But she has, um, yeah, she has the cat eye makeup. And I was like, oh my God, I need to to figure out how to do that. Omri and I, when we were at lunch, in Burbank at the Chipotle, we're talking about um, Chipotle. Just had to say, I'm sorry. Shalane McCall and Brad Pitt back in the day. Oh, do you tell? No, no. We were just just talking about what it was like being on set with like Brad Pitt and just uh, oh, stuff like it, that. It, it was just like anybody else at the time because no one knew who Brad Pitt was. Right, and yeah, you know, he's just and, like whatever. And where is Shalane McCall now? And uh, does he not talk to Shalane? Uh, he hasn't heard from her, but uh, I said, I th- uh, she's a librarian now. And he she's said, oh, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Anyhow. I, my dream, by the way, other than number one dream, like high in the sky dream for this podcast. Like the best thing. That, no, she's number two. Best thing that could happen in my world is to have Patrick Duffy and Priscilla Presley on together. Like oh, I would, I agree. Cry, uh, even though I'm not this, a big Jen Wade fan like you, um, you would, you would really. Cry. But having Shalane McCall on, like I would love to have all three of those kids on together, and it just that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I it's never gonna happen, so I'm not getting my hopes up. But who are we kidding? We have like ten more years <laughs> until we're done with this show, so we can. It's fine. Right. We have time. We have time. And so we have a lot of time. We have a lot Jeff- of time. We don't have much time. So now we are at the part where Jr. is forcing himself into Holly's bedroom. Mm. Awkward. Pushing his way past Elliot. Yes. Elliot. Ouch. And Jr.'s pissed because mm. she hasn't canceled any of her contracts with the uh, from her refinery. Well, because she- it's the freaking government. Right. Like you can't just cancel. With the government. No. Like, that's not, I don't think there's that's something a, you can do. There's a lot of red tape. A lot. Right? Yeah, but uh, Ronald Reagan was president. He wouldn't remember anyway. 
Oh, the Alzheimer's. Well, mommy. But yeah, he, he, she says she's not going to do it. And he, yeah, she's said, like, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. Like, this would ruin my company. And Jared's like, well, you know what, dear? Girl, I'm going to ruin your company anyway. Over the last couple of months, I have tangled your company up in so much crap that it is a house of cards. And if I go blowing it down, I'm going to destroy you. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? She has until tomorrow. Right. She has until tomorrow to get the thing taken care of. Yeah. I mean, what do you even do? You can't just like dial 1-800-WHITE-HOUSE and be like, hey, I want to cancel my contracts. Right. Like this shit takes weeks, months. Right. I mean, you can't cancel Columbia House back in the day that quickly, let alone like a refinery contact with the government. I tell you, Columbia House had my last name misspelled, so I never corrected them. So when they came looking oh, for nice. me, I said, "Yeah, you're that's, like, that's not me. That's, that's, that's not me." Yeah, and I got away with a lot of free stuff. <laughs> this is the important of having true legal names on bills for businesses right. and like people. Because you can go. just be like, oh, "That's not me." Yeah, you're yeah. under absolutely no obligation to pay that shit. And you know what? A lot of times, a lot of companies and customers will change from like Inc. to LLC. And not tell anybody. One of the biggest things I run into in my line of work is coming across that shit. Mm-hmm. I found one that had changed, like taken all of their inks and changed them all to LLCs four years, four years ago. Never told anybody, and then kept wondering why their credit get, kept getting pulled. Right, that's oh. pretty huge. Can we go to breakfast now? We can go to breakfast where Pam and Cornstash meet. <laughs> And they shake hands, and he shakes her hand just a moment too long. And she just kind of looks at him like, what? Like, okay, know what your intentions are here, buddy. I'd like you to shake my gland instead of my hand. (laughs) Give him the glad hand, Pam. Uh, And so then he's, she's like, so you had questions? And it looks like he's like, oh, yeah, I have to come up with a question. He's like, uh, so just tell me about the situation. So she explains it. And he's, so his, his whole takeaway is like, oh, so you're gonna like, you're gonna go against your husband. And Pam's like, well, I guess I am. And then he just grins. Just grins. Uh, and then he's just like, okay, you can have Brooks Oliver. And then she's like, that she realizes immediately, like, you already made up your mind. Why Why did you make me go through this? And he's like, and he's just honest. He just looks at her and he's like, uh, when I saw you, you knocked me out yesterday and I just wanted to be alone with you. Pammy to go knock you out. Bold. Uh, yeah, he's a little too bold. And this isn't him pretty much the rest of the show, but this and makes you think he's kind of like a porn creeper. And she says, <laughs> he's not modern when it comes to fooling around. Yes, yeah, so married. And then he's just like, yeah, you're mar- so marriages come and go. Like, sometimes they last, sometimes they don't. And all I'm saying is, your marriage doesn't last. Wow. I'm here. Ball. I'm your port in the storm, babe. I'm your tugboat yeah. if you if the seas of love are rocking. And you can see like Pam, like she's shocked, but she's also seems a little bit interested. And she wants 
nothing to ever be mentioned of the breakfast where yeah, nobody like, actually nobody actually ate anything. By the way, this See, never that, happened. That also makes it makes me feel like it's even more shady than it is when she says right. that. Who gives that right. fuck? She has nothing to hide. Why are you trying to hide it? You're making yourself look guilty. Because she's feeling guilty because she's kind of liking it. She's attracted she, to. She him. leaves and no food was ever consumed during, so there was really no breakfast. I mean, that's true. She did. Yeah, because she didn't even get her coffee yet, did she? No. No. I mean, yeah. Oh, right. my God. They, what is that music? That's the, that's the porn music. That's, that's, the, that's, that's, that's the, the porn stash music. That's yeah. the uh, porn breakfast <gasps> music. Yeah. Um, so then Holly had called Bobby and was like, can I come over? So she gets to Ewing Oil. And she's wearing clothes, by the way. So She is wearing clothes for once. God. Yes. She's starting to wear clothes more now that um, she doesn't want JR because he's repulsive to her now. And yeah. Bobby's made it clear that so she's really has Power nothing to. Yeah, she's like, all right. And don't even think of calling Ray. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jordan calls. <laughs> he's just the way he's when he calls, he's like, we don't like the idea of opening that well, Bobby. <laughs> well, Bobby. Well, why don't you come over here tomorrow at night? Why don't you come over here and we can talk? Tomorrow, 930, all right? <laughs> and I'll that, be there. Um, Bobby, can't. he can't really give Holly any out for her situation. Yeah, he's kind of like you done fucked up. Like you gave you gave him power. And he did what he did. Like, I can't believe you did that. That was dumb. Yeah. He doesn't really, come out and say it's dumb, but he thinks it's dumb. You really are naive. Yeah. 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 And meanwhile. And she says, I want my 25% back. And he's like, well, that, the only way you can get your 25% back is if you sue him. And she's like, yeah, but if I do that, he's definitely going to come after me. And he's like, right. But then you'll know if he's bluffing or not. So. Right. That's a real roll of the dice there. Right. Yeah, I was say, roll, that's a real good chance game there. I'm pretty sure right. he's not and bluffing. Well, she is not in her pool or by the pool. Mickey Trotter is stripping down his jean his, shorts. His jorts. He's stripping to down that. to his jorts. And his chest thing. rug. His chest don't, rug. Don't you think that. Lucy sounds real, like, snobby, even though I know she's just... It, who gave you permission to swim in our pool? Like, it's just fucking... Oh, yeah. With him, me. she's, like, super up. And that's, like, their thing. Uppity bitch. Like, yeah. yeah. And she, she said she didn't even know he was out there. She's watching from the goddamn window. Oh, yeah. Which, at that word. moment, like, we we know that she's lying. So then you're like, why are you lying, Lucy? I think she wants to get Mickey Trotter and Ellen Beam next to each other and just run her fingers through their rugs. I mean, that's probably Lucy's dream, honestly. <laughs> but swimming in... Has, do we all know how nasty jeans are when they get soaking wet? I know. I, like, I, all I could think of is like how heavy that was when he got out. Like It's oh, just going to be like... Oh, God. I'm sure he was wearing some whitey tighties under there. Just take... I mean, no one... He didn't think anyone was there anyway. I love me some whitey tighties. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love him. And Scott it was said he will never in his whole life wear those. And I said, yes, you will. And he said, no, I won't. <laughs> Merry but Christmas would, to me. It would behoove you to wear them. 
I, I say that to my husband about those, like, poet shirts, those, like, white poet shirts. I'm always, like, he's, like, I'm never wearing one. I'm, like, I don't know why, because it would do you good to do it. Mm. But um, they have their barbs. They go at it, and she says, underneath all that cockiness is her just a nasty human being. And he retorts with, well, under all that frost is a deep freeze unit. And this is basically angry flirting. Why don't they just screw? It, yeah, I mean, this is, yeah. This it's is exactly it's getting that to that point where you're like, all right. Why don't they just go in the hayloft like she did with her cousin? Uncle. R- uncle. Yeah, oh, even worse. God. No, They're both gross, but uncle's way no, worse I mean, than with, with, with Mickey's cousin. Oh, with Mickey's cousin. I thought you were no, Mickey's cousin. Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. That's, that's okay. even grosser. Yeah. It's like, right. she's, she's right. in the bloodline. Oh. I am my own grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, so then Afton comes over to Cliff's new place, and he apologizes. And he's like, no, but for real, marriage is like in the cards. And she's like, let's just not talk about it. Yeah, and she's. he said... No, I, I I wasn't myself, and she said, "Well, actually, you were being yourself." Because she's right. It's always Afton is right. Right, and then um, he can't find the dishes, so he ordered out from a gourmet restaurant. Chinese Guess what he ordered? Chinese drink. Chinese. And I had fried rice for dinner tonight, so Chinese. And then she's just like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna go watch TV." Yeah, and which. Uh, is a great transition because we cut to a TV studio. Oh, yes, actually. Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't catch that at the time. That's- and talk about old school TV studio cameras. Oh, my God. I, I was, I wonder if those are the, I'm assuming those are the actual cameras they filmed the show with. Uh, they could, it, they probably, well, could be. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it would just make sense that that's, yeah. Those big those red big lights on top. Right that's the ones I learned on in college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, the big dinosaurs. Tape. Yeah. Three-quarter um, inch tape? Three-quarter inch tape, yep. Three-quarter inch U-Matics? Uh-huh. I was just yeah. talking about that today because I want to get – I have a bunch of my college stuff on three-quarters still. But. And I have to go over to the local TV studio because they have a whole slew of those decks in the basement. Oh, my God. If you can, the next time I see you, grab one for me. <laughs> That um, would be. Uh, it would be heavy, but it'd yes, be it would be. <laughs> Those are heavy as fuck. Um, so they talk. It's talk time, and they call out Mr. J.R. Ewing and wife. Not even a name. Not even her fucking first name. Like, are that, you kidding me? That's like a throwback to the first five episodes when in the script she was just referred to the brunette on the couch. Just yeah, I, I hated it. I'm like, she has a name. J.R. Ewing and his property. That's basically what they're saying. And so the host just questions J.R. about his motives. And, uh, and he, he is pouring it on thick here. I am here for the glasses. common man. I, 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 I'm helping yeah. the people. Boo. I am, not gonna, I, Boo. I am a true person. I am not going to be dictated by foreign interests. And I'm going to. Uh, this is the first time I felt like a true oil man. Oh my god! Oh my god! Save it, dude. I, I and watching it, this I, scene and the way he's talking, and the way people are reacting to it in 2023. And don't, don't use the name. Just I'm I'm not using it. I'm not saying any names. I'm just saying in 2023, 
it really makes a lot of terrible sense. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. I don't want, I like any foreigners to be telling me what to do. Oh my God. I roll. And even the guy from the Leaky Tree restaurant says he would vote for him for president. Right. Oh. He's like, oh yeah, I'd vote for him. And you're like, and Cliff's like, are you kidding? But then Cliff has Thank an you. idea. Cliff is the voice of reason. The... When Cliff Barnes is the voice of reason. When Cliff Barnes is the voice of reason. Holy shit. But Cliff says he... He says, oh, I just thought of something, but we don't know what he thought of because they cut. We don't. We also know that I want to say the name of the restaurant he orders from is the Leaky Tree. Yes. And his dinner for supposedly two plus, I guess, delivery fees was $10.74. Yes. Inflation is so stupid. Just had to say that. No, it's ridiculous. And another important thing is that on television, they talk about the fight for you, and JR says that Bobby Bobby doesn't have the uh, cojones, oh, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. He trash talks Bobby a lot. Well, and we, Bob- just, we, cut, we cut to South Fork dusk. All the lights are on. Yes. <laughs> Emergency. Drink. Drink. All the lights are on. <laughs> <laughs> emergency, emergency. This time, this time, Ellie is not sitting in the dark because all the lights Bobby's are. Bobby's so super pissed. He's at it. Oh yeah, oh, he he is pissed. Pissed. And Pam was just sitting there looking super anxious, waiting for him to come home. And he says he is going to. Jr. doesn't think that he can play hardball. He's going to stuff the hardball down his throat. Bobby's a little aggressive in this scene. He's a little aggressive. I've seen, he's always aggressive. Ellie's going to go. She's going to have the no because she's not going to do it because she's going to have to have Daddy declared incompetent and she's not going to follow through with that. And Ellie is listening. Meanwhile, Ellie is listening to this silently emoting. Drink. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> How's your liver out there, folks? And then morning breaks in South Fork, and uh, Pam is feeding Christopher, who is not happy about it. And no, then he. Just, is it the Eric Farlow, the grumpy child? Is that is that, that? Yeah, that's him at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Eric Farlow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Pam does the like soap opera TV thing where she's like, Teresa, will you just take him upstairs for me? <laughs> and this is a great scene. Uh, this is also on our TikTok. JR walks in. He's like, Pam, I can't believe you're still here. Shouldn't you be off meddling in someone's life? And then basically they just have a little back and forth where they're just sniping at each other. She said, she said, uh, oh yeah. Snipe. Every time I hear snipe, I I think snape. I don't know why. (laughs) Danger noodle. Bobby could whip JR, but uh, to do so, he would have to become like JR and she is going to side with Ellie every step of the way. Yep. Well, you're going to be a sore loser now, aren't you now? So let's talk about, uh, yes, uh, 17A, Section F in the contract. And the cartel's like, look, we don't want to sell. We don't want to uncap it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You can buy me out. And Jordan's like, all right. (laughs) All right, we'll come up with a price. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, the price is already in the document that you signed. Maybe you should read it next time. So it's five times the market value. So that would be about 25 to $30 million. All right. Quick, quick. What is that today? 
I'm going to do huh, it. I don't know. What's the number? Hold on. Let's see. Inflation What's the inflation rate, though? Calculator. Oh, you got to look that up. I don't know. Yes. There's an inflation calculator. Oh, so okay. 83. Well, um, needless to say, while she's typing that in, needless yeah. to say, they're not too happy. They get up and they storm out of the office. So, okay, so Jordan's like, now, Bobby, if you do this, you're going to make a lot of enemies. 30 million in 1983. Mr. Gurney asks uh, Bobby. Uh, 92 million. Woo! Holy shit. Yeah, that's some cash. He asked Bobby uh, which way they, either way he's going to come out, which way he hopes it goes. And Bobby said, I prefer not to have to do this at all. Right. Then we get like Bobby, Bobby back for a second where he's like, I prefer to not do this at all. I'm like, yeah, you feel real bad, Bobby. I can tell. Bobby. So that's the thing about Bobby is like you start to realize that Bobby loves kind of being a little bit of a bad guy. He likes it. Right, and Patrick Duffy always said playing uh, JR got to play the bad guy, and he had to be the moral compass. And it could but get he wasn't. Out. I mean, and that's the thing. By this point in the series and on, Bobby wasn't. He was at the beginning of the series, and I feel like Patrick fought against it so much that Bobby has a started lot of to, really questionable bend. shit happened with him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Now this next scene leads me to believe that something was cut at some point, because I did not see this in this episode. Rebecca goes over to Cliff's and tells him that she had met with Ellie and that they had talked, and we never saw that scene. Wasn't it in the last episode? No, because uh, she said to Pam, oh, should I call Ellie? And she would like that. And then we never saw any actual scene between the two that I can recall. Mm, unless it's just one of those things that they want to try to explain away as happening off camera. Off camera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, like, cause... oh, really? They talked? Real Cool. Thanks for making sure that you said that out loud. Thanks right. for the juxtaposition <laughs> or whatever. Or, the uh, exposition. Exposition, that, yes. That, that Ellie and Rebecca have made up. Which would have been nice <laughs> to actually see the scene. It would have, yeah. It's probably in the scrap heap with J.R. and Sue Ellen's dance in 2012. Um, and so, yeah, so the, Rebecca's there to see his new place. Yeah, so Cliff wants to attack J.R. now, but Rebecca says that uh, because she's been talking to Ellie, that Ellie's going to fight the will. No one thinks she's going to go through with it, but Rebecca does. And we get our answer in the next and final scene. So Ellie is showing letters from Jock that he wrote from South America to uh, Brooks, and he says that they lack spirit. Right, and that could infer a change in mental state, which he could argue in court. But in order to argue it in court, a lot of stuff's going to have to be made public, and it might end up in the newspaper. And Pam's like, the newspaper. Yes, Pam, it would end up in the newspaper, just like everything else the Ewing everything family Everything else, right. On the I front mean, page, he, too. He's trying to just put reality. Like, you like you can do this, and I will help you do this, but it's not going to be fun at all. Like, it's going to suck. So be prepared. Be prepared, like like in The Lion King. Be prepared. Be prepared. Or the Boy Scouts. And so she says, like, look, I don't want to do anything, uh, any of this. But I have to. I have no choice. 
and that is the freeze frame as Ellie says, I have to break Jock's will. And, and scene. And he drink twice because it's not JR in the freeze frame. That's right. Okay, I'm giving this one 4.3 bourbons and the king of cut rate gas. <laughs> I'm giving this a 4.4 bourbons and a badass cliff in this episode. I was proud of him. And this is the first time in a couple of weeks that we are not all matching our ratings. I'm yeah. jumping up to a 4.5 and I am giving it a whatever happened to Pam's exercise studio. <laughs> Good point. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb bitch. She gets everything she wants and it never lasts. I already forgot about it. <laughs> yep. You just reminded me and that's it. That's, that's what I was going to mention earlier. And I said, no, I'm saving it for my. <laughs> yep. Shit. Um, I'm going to give it 4.25 and the earliest copy available of the Oregon Trail for John Ross to play in the Love office. It. Yes. Yes. Love it. Because that's what kind of video games you need on their kid. Better? Better. Thank you. Better. <laughs> and also, we'll put John Ross's drawing of the fire engine up on the refrigerator, too. <laughs> the little did magnet. Little magnet. Did you draw this? Did you draw this? <laughs> so, Tyler, did they make you draw the... Um... <laughs> I wonder if they I bet did. he probably drew it like while they were like waiting to film. Like, and yeah, the, clothes, you do this, the, little, the little outfit that he had to wear with the little vest and everything. They always had those kids dressed like in little like ties and stuff. It's know. like not even just at the office. Like they make them do no, like, like shopping in ta- yeah. to town. Yeah, it's funny. When I was a kid, I kind of felt bad for them. Except Aww. when they yeah. left him. Yeah. With, except when they left him with the monkey mm. in the park. Oh, I felt Mary. I felt bad for them too because my mom let me wear whatever. I had like a blue shoe on and mm-hmm. a red shirt and pink sock and then not another sock. And but I was mostly jealous happened. of Charlie's clothes. And but you were Punky Brewster. Yeah, later so. And I had Did you notice though, that they were all different colors on purpose, and they had Punky on the side. Well, when the boys like grew up on the show, well, you know, when the actors you know got aged up and stuff, I noticed like the clothes became more casual after that. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, my kids—they're old. They're old enough to dress themselves now, right? They still <laughs> have to dress like for dinner, more... like everybody else. With they the did tie dress for the... dinner. Who the fuck dresses for dinner? I know that's Not like fancy me. people, little kids. I, have a I wear my that's birthday suit right to dinner. I wear that's my birthday asking suit to, to dinner. just stain extra clothes, really. Right, but you, you know what? Wa- I'm well, sorry. Tree- they're they fucking rich. Them. They don't have to yeah. wash them. Teresa's <laughs> gonna wash that shit, not them. They don't oh. Or they're, or they're disposable clothes. You throw them <laughs> away and get a new one. All right, okay. boys and girls. Well, join us next time where we talk about season six, episode fifteen, episode one hundred and eighteen of the series, "The Reckoning." That sounds real creepy. It the does. Reckoning. Da, da, da. Next week on Dallas. <laughs> And check out our social media. Check out our, uh, if you are on the TikTok. Uh, are you on the TikTok? On the and TikTok. It's, I, and it's something barbecue.ho, not dot ho. Are you at the South Fork? <laughs> and the restaurant and the bar. <laughs> the store. Yeah. The store. Josh's poor music. <laughs> this is our outro music tonight. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you next time. Bye, y'all. 
I'll come back now and see my nation. <laughs> 35% off. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. Next on Dallas. I can't believe you're still intent on tarnishing Daddy's memory. Don't you say that to me. Well, I don't know how else I can get through to you. I wouldn't underestimate your mama right now. She's angry. She's determined. We can't lose this, Harv. There's too much at stake. Miss Ellie made up her mind herself, and if you don't know that, you don't know your own mother. I know my own mother, and I know you too, sweetheart. Ever since you moved into this family, you've been trouble. Stay out of it. This is not your fight. Are you saying that when your husband wrote the codicil, he was mentally incompetent? Yeah.